following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Pod, or Sci-Fi Update. I'm your host Tony Harper, and with me in studio today, I have my uh, friend uh, Ryan Chase. Ryan Chase. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. I'm. We've been uh, hashing some stuff out beforehand, and I got my mind wrapped around a couple of things here. So to begin with, I usually would start off with the news, and today the news. Um, there were a couple of things out there. There weren't a lot. Uh, Started off with Strange World is a new um, Disney uh, feature coming out. It is supposed to come out November 23rd, and it's an animated, same people that made Big Hero 6 and that kind of stuff in it. They didn't really explain what it was all that much. I did know that it's based on a paperback under the same name, and it's basically kind of a futuristic fantasy creature type of thing, and it was just, seemed interesting. Uh, oh, I Am Group will be a new series that starts up from, who was covering this? Uh, there is a new series coming out of that, and I, I wish I knew which, which podcast thing it was on, but I forgot to write that one down. And there was one other brief news article that I was going to cover today. Let me figure out. Uh, yeah, this was a Vietnamese show coming up. Makia, or no, my, my, Micah, sorry, Micah, Girl from Another Galaxy. It's a Vietnamese science fiction movie. Um, and it's slated to hit already have hit theaters. It was supposed to hit theaters June 3rd. This will come out uh, June 13th about. So if you have a chance to see it, don't forget to go back to see that. And today's podcast will be about the science behind, which is why Brian here is one of my engineering buddies, the science behind how ships move through space um, and all of our science fiction stories. Ryan's uh, got a mechanical engineering background, so he's going to help us describe how we can kind of get about moving through space based off of some various different ways that we're going to do it. Um, which one do you want to cover first, hyperspace or warp drives? I think hyperspace leads into warp drives. Hyperspace leads into warp drives. All right, so we'll start off with hyperspace. So who uses hyperspace? we got Star Wars who uses hyperspace. Does the Stargate use hyperspace? Stargate would use hyperspace. I, I believe, maybe. I mean, I, it's kind of a hyperspace warm, concept. Wormhole yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that might be thing. But how do the ships move? Do you remember from Stargate? 
Oh, so, the ships. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that the ships are probably using some type of an ion thruster or something like that. Some type of a thruster. Well, they are, but they also have faster and like travel. I mean, that's how the oh, like aliens warp, got to like, the pyramids thing. Be, it's more of a warp drive. That's how they got to the first. Actually, I can't remember what their exact technology was in that particular one. Did, did you watch all of Stargate all the way through seasons? I watched a bit of Star- Stargate. I did not watch the all entire thing. All the way to thing. 10. Uh, I wish I did. I did like that series. It was a great series. I actually have all of them on CD. I Napstered them all, and and I actually still own them all. One of my issues is I was out of the country for about five years, so I I lost a little bit of uh, time on the the sci-fi stuff, But uh, uh, and I had some health issues, which I lost a little bit of time, so I have some gaps is the problem. Uh, But did you see it in the Stargate add-on shows? Uh, was it? It was yeah, SG one. It was the other two that were on Stargate Universe or Stargate. What the frick was it called again? Stargate um, Atlantis. Stargate Atlantis. Did not see that one. And there was another Stargate show. I watched the one with the guy with the glasses. And uh, he yeah, that's the original. That's SG one. That's, that's the SG one. Was the one. Yeah, that, I, that was I, the I original one. I, I liked SG one. Um, Stargate Atlantis, and I thought it was Stargate something. God, I wish I knew. And my phone being down here is just uh, SG one. What else do we got here? Uh. Atlantis in Stargate. I'm picking it all up on here. Yeah, it was Stargate Universe. Okay. And then they had an animated series called Stargate Infinity that ran for two seasons. I didn't see either. Well, we got to do some catch up. Yeah, I got to catch up on that <laughs> one too. Um, Stargate SG1 ran from 1997 until 2007. Atlantis. 2004 through 2009. I wasn't a big fan of Atlantis too much. What about that? Uh, what was Star uh, Star Trek Dis- Discovery where they're where they're warp jumping using the tardigrade uh, energy? You're right. That that was interesting. I have not finished watching all uh, Stargate or Star Trek Discovery, but yeah, it was the tardigrade was able to read whatever like uh, the, lines. There was a. Uh, so the universe has uh, uh, dark energy lines through it, and it's able to map out that uh, filament energy. Man. And the filament energy was able to use that to um, a special. I forget what the the thing was in the cylinder that they put in with the with the special. Uh, I forgot what it was too. That the structure and it was able to uh, energize them to be able. It was some type it's of chemical. It was some sort of. Yeah, 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 the drive. Uh, and uh, and they're, they're able to put this uh, thing in, and it energizes the, the core. Right. And they use the tardigrades mental map of, uh, of the universe. Uh, to plot where they wanted to, to, to plot go. where they wanted to go, and they kind of tell it where they want to go. It sounded more like the improbability drive. Improbability from, drive. From, uh, 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 is that the name of it? Uh, no, it's, no, it had a different name. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I heard of that. <laughs> so that, that's what it sounded like to me was they're more like the Hitchhiker's Guide and Probability Drive, which I thought was a unique take on faster than light travel as well. 
So let's go to hyperspace. How do you think hyperspace would work? Well, one of the things I've studied, so I really like physics, and uh, I was very into uh, Einstein's theory, and I have a friend I talk to all the time about, he's very interested in quantum theory. Right. And he's always talking about uh, uh, Schrodinger's uh, theory and whether uh, it's a, uh, he's always talking about that. And so one of the things that that he brings up is... uh, is is this uh, is this notion that uh, the universe is connected? Right. And so, uh, what happens is, is any particular charged particle is sending out um, wavelets of energy uh, in the electrostatic spectrum uh, to every other particle in the universe, and every particle is connected to every other particle. And you can, um, uh, what do you call it when two particles uh, become uh, uh, synced? Uh, 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 super. Su- not superposition. Um, I've lost the word. It's, the, it's how the Ansel works from um, Ender's I, Game. I the Ansel does... Um, We've lost the word. But anyway, everybody yeah. knows it. And uh, two particles uh, can become uh, harmonized in the universe and then uh, mimic, their, uh, mimic their, uh, their behavior and become linked. And what that is... Is, is, is it's, the, it's these underlying waves that are pervading the universe of energy, of electrostatic energy, and electrostatic energy is rooted in the gravitational theory, and the gravitational theory bends space-time. So space-time, energy, and the uh, electrostatic field, as well as most likely all the other fields, interconnect all particles in space-time, of course limited by the speed of light, which, which, uh, which kind of is just the wave speed of that link-up. Right. So whenever you uh, touch something uh, like a table, that uh, wave of energy comes out from your finger and spreads throughout the table. And have you ever seen the, the table with, uh, with the salt on it? And they vibrate the table and they, it creates the patterns on the table? Right. And what that is is, is that's, uh, that's the vibrations pervading the universe. Uh, and that's, that's sound energy or, or mechanical energy. But there's also this electromagnetic energy, which is also the gravitational energy, and it pervades the universe and allows us to um, uh, allows everything to be interconnected. So um, it's like a butterfly flaps its wings in in China, and, and there's a tornado in Texas, and uh, that, that that quantum entanglement. That's quantum entanglement. Thank you. I needed that. I just <laughs> I lost me for a minute. Uh, but uh, the, the entanglement is actually a property of, of the way uh, the electron works. Right. So um, my theory is that uh, mass is, is basically two charges uh, superpositioned. So what you get is you get a, char- a positive charge and a negative charge, and they're sitting on top of each other. And this may or may not be true, but this is the way I imagine it. And there's, they're neutral in charge. But that energy or that electrostat electromag that electromagnetic energy will neutral is still there. Right. The charges haven't disappeared. So the uh, even though that's neutral in energy, it's, if there's an energy that it has, which is mass now. Right. And that mass has the property that it that it curves space time. Now we talk about space time, but the space it's not the space it's not the it's more the time that's curved because uh, Einstein's theory, when it's reduced down from the um, the full set of equations, becomes a time subset, 
and the time subset is acceleration. So you get that that uh, meters per second squared is your is your and that second squared is a, is a curvature. Right. And uh, so a radius uh, squared is is basically v over r squared is your acceleration. It's a curvature of radius, like you're going around in a circle, and and it's a time curvature. So uh, Einstein's theory basically says that there's a time curvature to energy that is related to the electromagnetic theory, which is energy corpuscles of virtual particles of 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 of, uh, of light that. Uh, that, that interacts with everything and create everything that we that we see that exists. So, so like what you're saying is like, say you have that black hole, right? And we we've, we've got that picture of that black hole, right? That that NASA's now have been able to take because like a star kind of was falling in a black hole, and they were able to see kind of sort of the event horizon. Not exactly, they can at least see the energy coming off of the stars that was falling into the black hole, and they created a false image. And it's all round and circular because that gravity and everything is really just spending space time, right? So what time? It it is a so the so you're asking me is it space or is it time? And the answer is is it's both because space and time are connected, and uh, because the speed of light is a certain number and the space and the time. So whatever you travel, you travel through space and time. Right. So they're both the same thing. So whether you're curving space or you're curving time is really kind of a moot point. You're always traveling through space and time. Right. So if you say are you curving space or time, you're curving both. So how does hyperspace work? So um, the the real question of hyperspace is a is a is a theoretical idea. And right of like multiple dimensional space. Multiple dimensional space. So what they like, I think Mikio Kaku uh, drew a book called Hyperspace, and right. I did not read it to be frank. But the, uh, the idea that I get is, is a lot of string theory and all of that talk about wrap dimensions. So let's say we have the X, Y, and Z coordinates. Right. And uh, what they say is, is that there must be another dimension somewhere in there. And what I imagined was is that uh, it's a corkscrew going around the other dimensions. Right. So you add a dimension just by corkscrewing the other dimensions. And it's kind of like a spin. And spin... Is, is this concept that we actually don't completely understand. We're trying quantum computers, and we're getting the idea of how it works. We know a lot about it. We do know a lot about spin, but we don't know everything we, about we, spin. Yeah, we got enough that we can read it and stuff like that, but most quantum computers are actually only doing a simple problem. So they just do it really, really quickly because right. we can't really figure out what's going on with the spin. Well, the, so the, the spin has to be interacted with light. Right and, um, and or electromagnetic energy, and uh, we use electric energy to interact with that, and then that disturbs it, and then we have so you need something not electrical to interact with a quantum computer, and then so you have to like bridge it into a normal computer, computer right now right. or a fiber optic or something like that, and uh, that. That interface right now is we can do a, we we can do certain types of calculations really fast with a quantum computer, but the problem is is there's this we're currently we're using uh, uh, we got to go through our current technology to get to the other technology, which is really the limiting barrier right now because you have to go through a normal computer a slower get, normal computer to get to, to the get information to the faster from computer. the faster computer. So the question is is how do you make that quantum computer works and 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 the the other issue is it's not stable is yes. so 
the 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 So it actually does like the computations multiple times to see what the average is to come up with the answer or something like that. Um it it does have to do it multiple times, but um not not as many as you might think. So the the problem is is that it flips. And and uh and we and quantum is not always a hundred percent probability. It's got a probability to it. So there's there's not a certain thing like an electron is there or it's not there. Right. A quantum state is. People say that quantum is re really complicated, but it's it's. Uh, here's 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 what I believe is 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 uh, is, is 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 a quantum uh, a quantum particle is is my theory is it goes through the the, the boxes, and uh, and it comes out spin up or spin down, and the boxes are supposed to be Schrodinger's cat problem Pretty whether much, it's yeah. up or down. And I believe that these particles, um, when you interact with them, that's what flips them. Right. And so when we're observing them, that's what flips them. It's like, it's like let's say the particle is aimed at 45 degrees. Right. And you don't know if that's up or down yet. But as soon as you interact with it, it flips up. Okay. And then it comes out the other side, it's always up. So our interaction has now told us what we get. Right. It's, so... Uh, is it is it and and is and, it truly up though? That's and then it's a probability of being up or down. You have to observe it to get it to be on the other side. So the it's still there's some mysterious stuff going on there. But the the point is is that it may not be as mysterious as we're making it out to be. I think a lot of science doesn't want to speculate on what's really going on if they can't prove it. But the, the truth of the matter is, is it may be something... But wasn't that what Einstein did? He speculated on a lot of stuff he couldn't yet prove, and that's, that's how he still, came out his theory, and, and that's it why is it's still theory. theory. It is still theory. So it is still But it's theory. a very valuable theory. And the reason it is a theory, and, and it's not certain, is because uh, we just don't have an experiment. There's, it's, it's not that it isn't really sound logic. Right. It's really sound logic. And and a lot a lot of his I mean one part of his theory is proven I mean it, gravity does exist and his equations are no different than gravity so that part's proven. All right. But the part that isn't proven is the subset of of equations that deal with the electromagnetic theory being gravity and that particular subset is can't be proved well it can be proved I'm not sure if it's proven I can't say that for certain so. You have to need a really strong electromagnetic field and then get gravity out of it. So how do we build a really strong magnet and get gravity and, from and it? And we still haven't determined it, what actually causes gravity. That may be really hard to gravity. do. I don't know yet. if have done it yet. And that's what we really kind of need to be able to get some of these faster and like travel things to even started off, off the bat, right? Is to figure out what actually causes gravity? Well, so one of the things that I imagined is, 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 is I, I actually prefer the, the Stargate over the warp drive. Because, Normal technology. Yeah, because let's say we, uh, we, it's actually, the problem with transporting a vessel with a warp drive is, is, is it has to produce a gravitational anomaly. Right. And a gravitational anomaly is, say, a black hole, and, and every mass, uh, every kilogram of mass is 10 to the 16th C squared, MC squared equals energy, uh, amount of energy, and to create enough to just make a ball fall at 9.8 meters per second squared on Earth, um, you need which something is, the size of the Earth. Well, the Earth, and how much energy is that? Oh. That's a true. That's an unimaginable an number of, of energy. Figure out, and then when you even think about it further, as you go into Jupiter's three hundred Earths, and then you get into the Sun, which is 
and how many Jupiters? So or that's how many Earths? Not yeah. a lot of acceleration for as amount of energy you've got there. I mean, it's a lot of spatial distortion. But the problem is, is you need a tremendous amount of energy to warp drive. It would, I think, it would actually be uh, energy cheaper to beam the information electromagnetically to the destination and rebuild the molecular structure from scratch, if that were possible. It's actually a more plausible theory because it would probably take less energy to build the matter than it would to generate the warp field. Ah, okay. But they, they figured out by uh, oscillating the warp field, you can use it with way less energy. That's an interesting And magnifying theory. the uh, thing, because there was that one article, because from what I remember, there was one article done by... I forgot where this student was from, but he basically took the math, they got the math that it was the same amount of energy that a city would take in order to create a warp bubble. And the original math said you would need something the size of our star to do it. So he figured out using utilizing the math and basically oscillating the energy and creating just like that a fluctuation, it's yeah. like a real quick bubble that, that comes into existence, pops out of existence real quick. So that brings up one of the things that Tesla created was called uh, uh, an earthquake machine. Yes. And, and Tesla, one of the issues with energy is, is, is any type of rotating object, if it's imbalanced, right. it creates a vibration. And a vibration is tremendously damaging to mechanical equipment. It is. So let's say you oscillate a warp, a warp field. You would be vibrating at high energy the entire ship, and it would probably shake it apart. Ah. So your, uh, Tesla's earthquake machine was a device that could fit on a table. It was a shoebox-sized device that, that you used uh, to practically bring down a building steam. and or a bridge. He was trying to time. generate energy from it. Right. And he, he did. He did generate a tremendous amount of energy from it. And uh, it was a, it was a, a small a piston that would uh, slap back and forth based on steam power by a series of, of fixed valves that, that just uh, that oscillated back and forth with the machine in the, in the piston. And the, that would drive an electromagnetic actuator. And he would generate energy and it would flop back and forth. The problem is... The damn thing shook the shook the entire block, and took out the entire uh, took it, it, it took basically took out the block. It, it almost took down the building. Yeah, and uh, he had to hit it with a sledgehammer shut to shut it off before he really collapsed around it. <laughs> so the problem with oscillating a warp field is is that it'll probably shake the ship apart. Interesting. All right. All right. So. How do we get the the uh, wormhole or the the, the hyperdrive? Because I mean, you were talking about spin and and what would we need to be able to even produce? Now, if you could create an unsteady wormhole, it would vibrate. But the, the if you could if you could do it, uh, so one of the so the the problem with this vibration theory is is that it does shake things. So. You, you, how do you create a wormhole? You, the only way, the only way we know that that may even be plausible is that when energy goes into a black hole, it comes back out through the event horizon. Right. So, um, is that a wormhole type of scenario? 
So is that is that tiny wormholes in the surface of the black hole that are the energy is now radiating? The Hawking radiation is coming back through. Yeah. So I well, Hawking know. radiation, I I thought was um, basically like more like a cooling of the. It is. It is of the black hole itself because the black hole is generating a lot of heat, and the heat needs to kind of radiate out. So is, could that be little tiny wormhole type scenarios that are occurring in the surface? Because the energy technically can't. Yeah, but that's not controllable for us. I mean, in in linear theory, it doesn't come back out, but in in in, in thermodynamic theory, it comes back out. It's kind of like um, it's it's uh, it's it's kind of like Brownian motion. Every once in a while, even though it's solid, it's not solid. It, it, the atoms in the table are always moving, right. so the the surface of the black hole is always moving. So you always get something ejected every once in a while, and it's just because of the undulation. Nothing is ever solid. Um, the uh, so maybe we have to tap into that nothing is ever solid theory to poke a hole through the universe um, and uh, find the undulation and create a wavelet that we find a hole and we can pass what we need to through it. Yeah, but then we're talking again, very small amounts of data if we're just passing. Well, if we can pass even a small amount through it at a really high rate of speed, then we could maybe send um, a stream and kind of get a teleporter Stargate type of scenario. But it, the uh, we so the question is, can we? But you, how do you move material and how do you get the destination and how do you do the coordinates? That's that's all sci-fi, and I'm not sure I have the answers for that particular question. Okay. I mean, well, no. I mean, I I like where you're going with that, and it was just kind of like our discussion the other day we had online about um, how galaxies were moving faster than they should be around another galaxy type of thing, or why they kind of the go to an edge. Yeah. Curvature. There's a um, instead of like always going smack on, they they tend to hit in an edge and basically. Even stars and, and oh, why are solar galaxies, systems. Why are galaxies and, flat? Why are galaxies uh, right. spiral-shaped? And so um, one of the things in, in nature is, is that uh, we can't even predict why tornadoes occur where they occur. There's a, uh, a chaos theory that uh, allows, um, I call it uh, the finger of God, because right. that's what a tornado is. And it, uh, it allows for things to spontaneously occur in nature that, um, that can't be predicted experimentally. Um, well, you can uh, predict a smoke ring. You can't predict where it's going to uh, dissipate or what type of air current is going to cross paths with it. There's too much going on in the universe. Too much information. There's way too much information, and it causes these undulations in the... And the closer you get to... F- Figuring out that information, the more likely you are to change that information to something else. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a pot of boiling water. You can't predict where that bubble's going to be. And it's the, the finger of God that uh, allows the, uh, the magic to happen at that bubble to occur where it does. And it's kind of a miracle of sorts how the universe uh, uh, manifests itself. So you, we really need that, that, that quantum computer that really does deal with those fuzzy numbers. If we could com- compute, well, the, the, it, it actually can't be computed. 
there's actually uh, no, there's no, well, maybe, maybe let's say one day AI and quantum computers come out and they figure out something that I don't yet understand. And, and they figure out the, how to uh, work with the uh, interconnectedness of the universe and tie into that, uh, that uh, tardigrade network of, of, of reality and tie into that, uh, that hive mind of reality and figure out where that, uh, that undulation is going to occur then maybe we can tie into that 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 super powerful uh, nature of reality that allows the magic to happen. All right, so let's slow down. Let's let's go a little bit more hard science versus as much science. Fiction. Hyperspace is very hard. It's very it's very hard thing is. Uh, but something like an ion drive. The, that's, that's that's easily understandable and all that kind of stuff, but. Realistically, how fast do we... First off, how does an ion drive work? So uh, they pump a gas, uh, an ion, into the, uh, into the ion chamber. And uh, they hit it with uh, a cathode ray. And the cathode ray excites the ion into a positive and negative charge. And that ion is then... Uh, kind of escapes into the... Uh, into the, the plates which are charged and you can only get so much charge which is the fundamental limitation before it before it uh, breakdown voltage and that charge is then uh, accelerated extremely high energy and speed out the back and even though it's a tiny amount of gas which is the limiting fuel and this limiting breakdown voltage uh, of the of the of the capacitor plate that is porous and the ions kind of uh, jump in there and then shoot really, really fast like a gun out the back, and that creates momentum. And then, so even though it's a tiny amount of gas, it's going super fast. I forget what the speed is. Um, it's it was the order of the speed of light, though. It was. Uh, it's very fast. It's. Uh, it's on the order of. Uh, uh, on the order. On the order of like a hundred meters a second, or so, hundred hundred kilometers a second, so or something like that. I can't. Yeah, remember. I thought it was like point three C or something like that. Uh, I, well, let's say it's very fast because we, we know it's that, and uh, and it comes out very fast, and it's just by order of that speed that there's any energy momentum at all in the ion drive, and the 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 current problem with ion drives is is I think the ones that are built are usually around the order of uh, of one horsepower. Right. So so it takes a long time to get doing anything with it. It just it's a build up of speed. You can get it going pretty fast eventually, but it's that slow build up of speed. So, in order to get a, a functional warp drive for, like, say, a starship, how much horsepower do you think you would need? Horsepower? Oh, you're moving a small city up to the speed of light? That's uh, well, let's say let's get it reasonable. Let's go with point three C. That's that's my honest goal because we get it down to there. It's close enough. We it's can all actually about, get to one. It's all about acceleration. Other solar system than ours, uh, and back in a lifetime. Well, I'd have to do the calculation. It, it's basically the mv squared. I mean, let's just do it as mv squared, right? And it's, right. it's tremendous. I mean, I don't even know. I, I do the so calculation. It would just large, be everybody's minds. It would be a big, big number. All right. Um, so, what other? Um, 
engines were were out there that we were talking about. Well, I like the the solar sail. Solar sail. All right, yeah, that was another one I, I mentioned to you. I don't think you mentioned it, but the, the uh, that's fairly easy. So I like the idea. I, I'm I'm a pessimist, and I the re, I, I used to be an optimist, and I used to I used to watch all of the green uh, energy, and I used to watch all of the all of the uh, the sci-fi, and I used to be enamored, and I went into engineering thinking. It was gonna. You're gonna change the world. I was gonna change the world. It was gonna save everything and make everything wonderful. And I love that. I, it's a great thing. Everybody should have hope, and we all need that. Uh, but then uh, I, I kind of had a, an awakening, and I got into the numbers and the science, and I started realizing the limitations. And and you need and a good engineer needs to know limitations. They do. To be able to actually, because you need to know what, what can stop you before you know how you can move forward. Right. So the, uh, we were talking about uh, which drive? Uh, solar sail. Solar uh, sail. So the, the solar sail is a, is a great idea because um, it's got a limitation, though. Is, is the, uh, the solar sail would be great because a lot of uh, forms of interstellar travel uh, require you to have uh, fuel, uh, propellants, um, stored battery energy, uh, solar panels, um, all the stuff that you need to generate the energy and you run out of energy. But if you can solar sail off the sun, then you're using the energy around you, which is like using a solar panel. Um, but a solar sail actually works on the radiant energy of the sun and it catches the, uh, the photonic energy as a, a boost. Like, have you ever seen one of those little uh, uh, light... Uh, things in a in, in a glass jar with the white and the black on you painted on each side and okay. you put it in the sun and it spins yeah. and it spins because the light um heats up one side but this isn't heat the the solar sail uh, actually works off uh off uh, of the principle of the, the light energy's uh momentum. basically catching the the ions and and photons Photons and ions, and ions to be fair. Yeah. And uh, that uh, propels the ship away from the sun and allows you to get the speed you need. And it's the most reasonable idea. But the problem is, is that space is full of junk. It is. And it's full of dust and debris. And a solar sail is huge and thin. And that junk is going to hit that solar sail and it's going to put holes in it. And that the holes, well, it may not be a big deal. Over, Over time, time you're going to have a lot of holes in the thing that you need to get wherever you're going. Um, so uh, it's 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 uh, it's it's one of the more more reasonable ideas, but it, it takes a long time to speed up. And the limits of going into space. How long have they put an astronaut into space for? A year? Uh, about a year or so. And. A little and over a year, but it's been about a year. The trouble is the human psyche just can't take the stress of being at work doing um, prison time uh, on a spaceship uh, they without human contact for years on end and it would it would be most people most people unless there's something wrong with you that you would be able to do this you'd have to have something wrong with you to be able to do a multi-year interstellar travel uh, to be able to handle it and uh uh, I I think uh, I think you'd need an extra special person to do that. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, so solar sails was covered. I mean, 
when you're saying all that space junk, like I know, like um, the James Webb was already hit with a significant debris in one of the. Oh mirrors. yeah, it happens. It happens. Um, and it threw one of the mirrors already out of alignment from That's just a micro mirror. Yeah, it's all it takes. I think they were able to 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 get it fairly realigned, but they were already experiencing some micromediate damage because of that kind of stuff. The the joy of the joy of our techno technological age fueled by all of this fuel that we have has allowed us to imagine that technology is going to uh, bring us to the stars. Right. And and we have learned a lot and it has done so much for us. But there's uh, there's a, there, there's 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 limits and realities that are out there that uh, that we have we've done a great job dealing with, but uh, it's a it's a problem. It, it will be a problem. Will continue to be a problem, and we'll bring you back on for our dystopian futures. I think I'll be excellent for that. You'll be perfect for that one. <laughs> uh, how we're going to get there? I, I got to watch a few what, movies before I come. And what we can do about it. So, um, so I'll definitely bring you on on that one. Let's see. Covered solar sails, ion drives, hyperspace. Um, did we really cover wormholes? I mean, we kind of did. We, I mean, a wormhole. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's not much to say. We haven't seen one, and we, we don't, we don't. Uh, yeah. We don't. We, we don't imagine. We don't even know if they're real. The real. They're just. They're nice. theorized right now at this point. Yeah, program. all that material going on that black hole got to go somewhere. Maybe is the theory, but it's, as far as we know, it stays there. And, and we think it stays in that black hole as until it gets radiated off by Hawking radiation. And we don't know what it is when it's in there. Maybe it's uh, so intensely hot, it's like, I, I guess, plasma, with uh, maybe even photonic energy inside a black hole. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's really hard to even picture that kind of stuff, um, considering... When we're really talking about sizes and dimensions and all that kind of stuff, it's just, it's insane. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> people actually could even try to imagine some of that kind of stuff. But these are the distances that we have to cover. It's, and you have to have something kind of insane to even cover. Is there anything else that we haven't covered, though, that's a plausible science fiction thing that you've heard of? So we didn't talk about the energy source. Okay. We can talk uh, about energy sources. So one of the things that I recently found out was is they've actually, uh, the I actually kind of theorized this before it was came out, but they talked about a, a, fu a, a fusion uh, reactor that, uh, that all they do is they shoot in multiple pellets through um, a rail gun. Right. And it hits together and creates a shock wave that collides on a central fuel pellet. Mm -hmm. And that fuel pellet um, implodes based on the shock wave in the chamber and creates a fusion reaction that they can get energy out of. And it's, an, it's all this containment concept for fusion reactors is very complicated and let's well, say very I mean, dangerous. Have you even seen the, the tomahawk? No. So they got pictures of uh, the IATER or whatever the um, current fusion reactor they got that has the current world record. And it's a fusion reaction that lasted about 36 seconds. Yeah, they've done well. Um, so, I mean, they are able to continuously have a fusion reaction going on using this. All right. Um, and it basically um, creates a magnetic field of 
hold the plasma together to allow the fusion reaction to go on, but it's also going at, at temperatures way above what the sun does it at because of the pressures are way lower. Um, so they're talking like it's 100 million degrees in, in the uh, plasma field that they're containing. Super hot, super hot. Yes, where like the surface of the sun's only 10 million degrees instead of like 100 million degrees. So the the trouble with any any energy generating device is that it's full of energy. And that's a problem. You basically have a bomb. Yes. And and uh, and and that's one of the, the fusion reactors that even I'm talking about. They're they're exploding the, mm -hmm. the fuel pellet and it's a controlled explosion. And that's very very dangerous. Where do you put those things? Not the center of the city. And it's very and the one that I'm talking about is very noisy. It's gonna boom, 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 boom. It's gonna shake the trees and the houses around it, and uh, a control. That's why they need all these containment fields and a constant, steady reaction with a containment system, is so that it doesn't just explode and create all hell to break loose. And and that's the their uh, and and but this. Uh, but this, this idea of this fuel pellet, if they could put it uh, on an island far, far away, it would probably disturb marine life and things like that. And then, tr and then we get the energy back in. It, it would, it's, 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 a, it's, it's at least a reasonable idea. This, 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 uh, this, uh, this containment system I is very elaborate and elaborate things go wrong. Things go wrong. Like I said, the, the the tomahawk that they are currently generating a lot of that fusion reaction is isn't too bad. They have been able to get a little bit more energy out of what than what they put into it. The problem is, is they lose so much energy from what they're doing too because they contain so much. Basically, it takes so much to contain it that they're burning through equipment. They probably spent more money on the uh, fusion reactor than they got energy out of it. Oh yeah, by way more. This, and this is a this is a fundamental 10, problem. Ten billion dollar project right now. This or is something a like fundamental that. problem with humanity. We spend so much doing so much, and and you're getting so little out of what we do, and we just we just create huge amounts of of problems, and uh, and just uh, this goes into this dystopian stuff, but it's just. Uh, how do you uh, the the simpleness of a of a of a railgun would still even have an environmental impact because of the noise pollution, but it would be at least uh, I want to call it simple. It's not simple, but at least it's it's mechanically uh, sound and simple in design. And it, would, it it's it, not it though. Would, like the Navy has tried this, and the Mary. Um military in the u.s has tried for this i mean they have successful rail guns problem is is that the uh upkeep on it is too complicated i didn't know that and they, they don't uh they can't put that into service because the upkeep is just too complicated on it for the average sailor to even right i've seen that think i think about that kind of stuff and then you're talking about like it's in a saltwater environment like how you're even going to Get kind of stuff. I mean, that's why they can get the nuclear reactors on the, the Navy ships because we got someplace safe to dump the explosion if it starts going crazy. I mean, I've worked at a lot of factories, and and you lose a bolt, and everybody can lose their minds. It's just one bolt, right? And it just something fell off, and now nothing works, and nobody knows what's going on, and and so uh, upkeep is is just 
critical. And, and that tends to be the, the biggest thing. I mean, like I said, they have them out there, but that's, it's, you know, six one way, half a dozen the other. And the more complicated our weapons get, um, the more complicated everything gets, the harder it is for just the average person to even keep track of a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's costly. At a minimum, it's costly. We'll just call it, we'll just call it what is it? It costs money, it costs time, it costs energy, it costs the environment. It just we're, um, we spend a fortune trying to make things work, and and the question is how do we how do we I, I mean we're we're getting uh, I mean we're trying to go to Mars right and well I think Musk it will successfully get us to Mars I mean even that was pretty much science fiction uh, at least maybe not us per se but he will get to Mars quicker with a possible human crew than even I think the governments would have been able to. I'm just, I just, uh, I, I, it's, it's a, it's a suicide mission. It really is. It's unfortunate. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I think it's a one-way trip. Yeah, you're. I mean, I don't. Yeah, if you, if you. If, um, so, and so, provided that you had enough there, it's not necessarily a suicide mission. But um, if you don't have enough there, it can easily become a suicide mission. So my, my, my basic concept is, 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 is the fundamental limitations is the problem with a lot of this interstellar travel and the limitations of fuel. But let's say you need uh, a screw on Mars and you don't have it. I mean, do you phone Musk up on Earth and say, I need a screw, and then you spend uh, a million dollars to ship a screw to Mars? Yeah, no. Um, and it'll be more than a million dollars probably, but... No, what you do is you put in place the 3D printer that will utilize the Martian materials to create stuff made out of Martian stuff. So you don't have to go back home. You basically place your factory there first before you send people there. That's a chicken or the egg problem is do you put the humans, you put the robots on Mars to create the factory? Uh, you might be, you might need to. Way. I mean, I think that seems to be the only plausible way there. I mean, if if we do send just a, I mean, you could send a manned mission to there with with a return, but I think the cost in that it's just going to be super high, with not a whole lot of benefit. If you'd send a manned mission with a base set up, colony set up, ready to go type of thing, or to build this colony for us with an escape plan if necessary type of thing. So you just put a few humans there to begin with, enough that would fit onto the one ship that you can take out of there and you just keep feeding them stuff until either they've gone crazy or have actually successfully started building our colony and then you just keep sending more people there. So the trouble I, see I, I work on limitations and, and known, known facts. I mean, how long does it take to build a colony on Earth? A long time. And then how long will it take on Mars to build? A longer time because longer time. You're, you're, you're talking less people. Yeah, and you're probably using off. robots, right, to build it. When you're and you're building. using other other stuff. Um, the nice thing is you might have prefabricated stuff being shipped from Earth to make it easier for you. And you can only fit that in a shuttle shuttle pod, which is... And, and only so much space. Well, I mean, you say shuttle pod, but the... The... Um, the uh, Star, starship that Musk has built um, has more payload capacity than the uh, space shuttle did. 
I'm certain it does. It just it's still it's still a sh- it's still a shuttle. It's still a shuttle. It's still, it's a, still shuttle. a different it's, thing. It's it's it's, it's, it's very bigger. Similar. It's bigger, but it's not that. It's not. It's not, not that much bigger. It's no. not that. It's not that. It's all. It's it's still it's still got to take off from the Earth's gravitational field, but it's uh, it's uh. I mean, I would like to see it possible to go to. So you think even interstellar travel is is still kind of off? Is it just because of rockets? I mean, do we need better rockets still? The problem is the fuel. If we could solve the energy problem, anything is possible. But energy is the limiting factor for everything. I need fuel for my body to to walk around. I need fuel to build anything. I need minerals. I need... It's it's the limitations that, uh, that really drive everything. And with infinite energy, infinite possibilities are possible. So, I mean, you're just saying that we can't do it, period, then? I'm saying there are limitations we have to overcome. And I don't know how that how we do that right now. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it's never going to be possible, but we have a lot of things going on on Earth that we have to deal with. And... Uh, and uh, and 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 uh, we're going to be. But don't forget, I mean, Earth can just be wiped out in one shot. I mean, this is Elon Musk's other argument on it is that as long as we're stuck on one planet, a single event for the planet can wipe us out. We need a habitable planet, is what we need. We need a habitable planet. It needs to be terraformed. We need to find it. You're not going to be able to terraform something else. I mean, you, you'd have to, to find a prehabitable planet. We don't. We haven't even proven that life exists outside of the universe yet. We haven't even proven that life can exist off of this planet yet fully. Did you hear they found organic proteins on a on an asteroid? Yes. I was like, all right, that's really that's really good sign. They are good signs, and and there are precursor proteins that are out there in the universe. You know what would be the optimal solution? I think the aliens have to come here, get us hit. We'll hitch a ride. We'll go there. They have. They have to. <laughs> Listen, I've already posted that meme on Facebook. At this point in time, if an alien coming to duck me, I'm going to consider it a rescue mission. So, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for getting me out yeah. of here. Thanks for getting me off of this planet. I, I, I'm good now. Let's, yeah. let, let's go. Yeah. I'm okay with probing if you'll take me with you. <laughs> so, um, no, I get that. Um, but, I mean, we could put more energy up to space. Why can't we just, um, I mean, we already launched semi-nuclear reactors up there when we launch a real one into space. Or put it onto the moon first. I mean, are you talking uh, the nuclear reactor that's in Oswego, or are you talking a nuclear reactor that's on a submarine? And how much energy is that, and how big does it have to be? And there are more along lines that are it's on a submarine type of thing, or uh, that's enough to a pro- ship. That's enough to propel a submarine. And, it, it is. And is it enough to propel a spaceship? We don't need it to propel a spaceship. We're going to use old-fashioned fossil fuels for a while, and then use that for the rest of it. Use that for the rest of the it's energy. Not a, that it's we not need. a bad idea. I mean, you can use the the uh, the thrusters to keep you going once you've built up the momentum to get there, and that's probably what Musk is planning. I mean. I don't have a good idea. I haven't visited his plans yet, and that's yeah, really yeah, my, I wife is, really my wife is really into into watching SpaceX go up and things like that. But uh, I've been really invested in them too since uh, he decided he was going to do that. 
and they have i mean the, the landing pad stuff that they're that they're pulling off is is really it's phenomenal it's, i it's, mean it's impressive stuff it, it's reduced the costs by millions of dollars to to put anything into space i just uh I I I I think Starlink system. I think or uh, it's it's a uh, there are, there are a lot of hurdles to get to Mars and to set up on Mars and it's it's that it's the problem of what what if I get there and I don't have what I need and then and then I'm there and I and and uh, you're dead have, now and, and we have this we have this life supporting planet. That we have everything we need to survive. That we're killing. And, well, yeah, I don't want to say that because it's not very optimistic. But the uh, is uh, it doesn't get it doesn't really send the right message. But the uh, is, is and we have everything that we need right here that keeps us going. And and granted, it's it maybe it's not forever, but it could be for a very long time. And um, the 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 future of our resources are in jeopardy, and we're because we're abusing them. Our population is high. And that population will, will begin to dwindle when the resources run out and will come back to equilibrium with the environment. And the human race may survive and the, the, the earth may go back to the way it was. And we may still have some of our technology to keep us going and we'll be okay. I mean, we may not be at the height of civilization anymore, but we may have learned so much and be able to keep enough of a, enough of the lessons we've learned to to still do very well. All right. And that leads us up to maybe another one that I forgot about. We never talked about the Dyson sphere or like What's basically that? ring planet. So we and maybe something I don't know. We build something that uses the star in our own galaxy here as our fuel source to move us through the galaxy and or other places so that we can maneuver around the universe. So let's say we develop this technology to beam uh, something from one point to another, the Stargate technology, right. and we beam small portions of the sun into our containment vessel, uh -huh. and we just extract that energy. That would, that would be an interesting way, basically. What are we about creating our own little star? That we then use That's what I'm to, saying, as just, our power source. If we can steal part of the star every once in a while and beam it over, if we if you could use transporter technology, all you got to do is transport a little portion of the sun into your engine and pump it out the back and thrust occurs, you'd be at the next solar system. Interesting. <laughs> I, I I I like that thought process. That might be a new way to to uh, to do it. Um, no, but like the Dyson Fear is basically a civilization that takes basically all of our resources in our whole solar system and we just create nothing but a spear around our sun and the energy that we allow to escape is actually our thrust. The whole sun. Oh, you want to put a sphere around the sun? The entire sun. I can set. hardly get a greenhouse in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> a sphere around the sun would be uh, would be awesome. I think so. So so solar panels. It is then. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, so one of the things that they said uh, one of the, the the misleading concept about solar panels is they say that uh, I think it's a, a one percent of the Sahara Desert covered in solar panels would provide all the energy a human humans need, but 
what they don't tell you is is that's uh that's 54 that's, that's i think that's 100 solar panels a household and and that means that every human on earth would be building solar panels and and so for every human on earth to build solar panels and then bring them up to space and put them around the sun would uh would would ultimately be a, a monumental task that is in, actually impossible because we do not have enough humans to complete the task. Okay. But uh, it, so generational. Right. It would be a long-term construction project, and then by that time, solar panels last about twenty years. So by the time the generation rolls around, we would need new solar panels. <laughs> Maybe they don't last 20 years. Some of my figures are a little off, but I'm estimating because of speed. Usually I research my numbers right. and get them right. But anybody who disagrees with my numbers, I apologize. All right. Um, what else we got? We've only been going forward to this for about 55 minutes. Okay. Uh, so we're almost at an hour. Um, why don't I just finish interviewing you for the rest of this? So what was your interest in sci-fi? How did you get into sci-fi? Oh, I've, I've always loved sci-fi. I think we, we watched uh, sci-fi since I was a kid, and and uh, and I've always loved science. I had science encyclopedias since I was a kid, and I always thought um, science was uh, one of the marvels of what humanity's accomplished, and the fact that we could um, do magic through science was uh, very, of course, intriguing to me. Right, right. Uh, your favorite sci-fi IP. IP? Yeah, well, IP is just like basically whatever program you want, whether it's anime, whether it's books, whether it's movies. Uh, I always like Picard. Picard's the best. He, 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 he always told Star me Star Trek Next, Next Generation. Yeah, Next Generation. Yeah. Have you seen the new Picard on... Uh, I have not. I have not, and I want to see it. I, there's just so much media Paramount. out there. There's oh, so there's much to watch so much on TV. Media out there, it's impossible to keep up with it all. I I am a big next-gen guy as well. I thought I wanted to be Wesley, not, not necessarily Picard. I just wanted to be the smart kid that was freaking being able to, to play with all the you buttons and do all the... Wesley. Yeah, I definitely identified with Wesley. I was like, we we need uh, we need people out there who who uh, who can treat people with respect and and right. make and make things happen and get get everybody coordinated and on the same page and and it's uh, and it's a wild still, world out there. It's a wild world. I think that's a big social change that we still have not mastered yet with humans. I mean, we have not gotten rid of our animal instincts. I think enough to. To really do what's good for everybody. No, it's not. It's not. It's not a realistic concept. It takes us. Uh, uh, it takes us uh, damn near forty years to mature, and by that time, we're nearly dead. And uh, and uh, and so, uh, uh, whether or not we uh, we get to where, where how we get to, ex uh, can we accelerate that process? The internet has been tremendous in providing information to people who want it and can deal with it. All right. And. But it's, it's also a, it's a tremendous time waster that has lost, I think, an average brain capacity for a lot of people because they're just not utilizing their time. There's actually functional skills about getting out in the world and doing things for real. And you don't learn the functional skills, but you learn the, the book smarts from the Internet and some of the street smarts by dealing with people on a, on a level. And some people 
Some people just aren't smart. I apologize. Yeah, and maybe they need to. No, maybe they I'm need in to a big belief of that. Like individuals can be very smart, but I think society as a whole is not a very. I love everybody. Great idea. It's not a bad idea, but something better has got to come along eventually. <laughs> the you mean the human human humans too? I, I don't know about humans too, but maybe. I mean, I'm just. I always ask my myself, thing what is what would happen with evolution. I always, I always love the next generation utopia, Gene Roddenberry's utopia there, where everyone is really there trying to be the better person and not try to be, um, like, none of them were ever trying to be a bad guy, generally, for the most part. So yeah, nobody wanted to be the bad guy. Nobody but in, wanted in real to life, there are people out there who... Uh, who, who just, uh, they, I mean, let's be fair, it's not that they want to be a bad guy, it's that they it's just, the they've, given up. they've given up, they've given up, and they just don't give a shit, and and uh, and that's where sci-fi, a lot of this stuff that, that I thought was awesome, is not representative of reality, reality has tough things, and uh, and uh, and limitations like I was talking about, that, uh, that the reality, uh, that the reality is limiting us from achieving what we need to well, I don't know what we need to. I, I've, I've come to grips with the fact that uh, that, uh, that, 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 that the desire to uh, change things and sterilize the earth of anything that isn't the way it actually is, is actually an act which is damaging to the environment. You want to nurture everything to be the best that it can be because that's what people want. They, people want to be okay. Right. And, and I think that's what we need to do. I think we need to help everybody be okay. And 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 that and okay is good enough because uh, when you start trying to do too much, too much is just too much. Let's just uh, let's just help just help somebody be okay today. All right. I think we're gonna leave you guys with that as our final words here from Ryan. Um, thank you for watching and or listening. Um, please keep it up. I am sorry that uh, this episode probably will come out before my. Uh, Comic-Con one that I, I didn't have a chance to finish building yet. I did have some uh, audio and video issues that I think I now got straightened out. But the biggest problem was Apple and Microsoft weren't playing well together. And it took me a good seven or eight hours to figure that out. On top of the fact that I still need to do a bunch of editing. So it's just not going to happen. Um, so I'm probably going to create that one and have it come out. Kind of as a bonus episode in between stuff, either this week or next week. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.